Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. And a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. This is a weird birthday. It is my second quarantine one. This time, there are actual options because things are open. It's just I can't actually do any of them because I'm stuck in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Jesus, cat! Something's got to give here. Something's got to give because it's just me and a million and one Facebook messages today. And and may, if I even if I wasn't in quarantine, I couldn't go out anyway because it's raining. I feel so bad for these restaurant owners. They just can't catch a break. They're finally allowed to reopen, and it rains all the time lately. Can't be good for business. There's just no way. No, I know. Uh, it's it, that's that's what sucks about um, about this whole situation is the weather can't necessarily cooperate. Just when you think, hey, perfect timing, right? July, great. Eh. Fuck, it's terrible. It's brutal. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, I'm going to do a quick summary on just a couple of uh, things COVID, and then we're going to move on from that quickly because I don't want to be as depressed as this is probably going to sound on my birthday. But the health minister said yesterday that Ontario is actively working on the details of step three restrictions. They're working on it. I um, don't we like uh, I mean, okay, in everyday life, in your normal work, don't you kind of think ahead or work ahead? I mean, wouldn't that kind of be be part of the process here, too? Or or am I completely off? No, you're not off. I mean, this has been going for what, 15, 16 months now. Surely at some point before now, somebody realized eventually we're going to have to reopen and, and we'll have to put some rules in place there. Huh? Yeah. Um. The fact that this isn't done yet, I think, is just the cherry on top of the cake. It is just, it totally underscores the nonsense that has been happening for the last few months. They're not ready yet to release the restrictions. This is important, though, because business owners need to know, well, how many people am I allowed to have in my business? Do we have to require masks? Do we have to keep up the plexiglass? What if somebody's double vaxxed? There's all great questions that people need to know the answer to. For step two, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention the banquet halls that are apparently allowed to resume operations and the casinos and places like that. Mm-hmm. We're still basically in lockdown. They can say we're not, but we basically are yeah. uh, until everybody's allowed to open up again. Uh, it's still a, at least partly a lockdown and it continues to be the longest one in North America. Uh, the other thing of note that came from the health minister yesterday was that we are sticking to the 21 day interval. So that means not any substantial moving up of dates to go to step three. Um, so 13 okay. days from today. Okay. I mean, I don't, I'm sitting here in Waterloo region in step one. So I'm just hoping we can at least get to step two soon. So from my angle, all right, you want to keep with the 21 days, that's fine. But I, I understand the people that are upset with not knowing what's happening in three, especially the business owners. I mean, you're right. There's people that need to hire. That will need to hire based on what step three might look like, but they need details to make sure, yes, I can actually have this capacity amount. Yes, I can actually do this because, hello, if you hire someone, you don't just hire them same day. That's not how the process fucking works. Right. So you need to know these things in advance. I, have, I know one person who owns a company who's thinking the exact same thing. We're about to get busier, I think. I need to hire more people, but I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, get, get on it, guys. Hopefully that information comes down soon. The top doctor in Niagara says it's too risky to reopen the Canada-U.S. border this summer, particularly with the Delta variant spreading. 
even though the mayor and all the business owners in Niagara, which relies heavily on tourism, is begging, like, please, urgently get a plan in place for the border, uh, their chief medical officer of health may refuse that request. Their medical officer says we should keep the border closure extended for at least another month and then reassess the situation in the fall. Come on. Is he high? Okay. I mean, we're just going off of the targets that the government themselves gave us. What did they say? 25% double vaxxed and then we can start to reopen? We're at 50. 50% double vaxxed. Mm -hmm. What the hell is going on here? And at what point, there's some people who are stalwarts, listen to the doctors, follow the doctor's advice. Well, the doctors are going to do what doctors do. They're only thinking about it from the healthcare perspective. At what point do the politicians say, yes, thank you. We appreciate your advice. We understand your concern, but we need to get moving here. So this is the way it's going to be. And you're just going to have to find a way to be okay with it. I don't know when that stage is coming, but this will add a little fuel to the fire. Preliminary findings from researchers at SickKids Hospital in Toronto say that the lockdowns, particularly the most recent one, had a really, really negative effect on young people in Ontario. Researchers say early data from the 1,500 parents and children that were studied found most kids saw a serious decline in mental health during this Mm -hmm. second most recent uh, lockdown. More than half of kids aged 8 to 12 and 70%, vast majority, 70%, of teenagers 13 to 18 years old reported significant symptoms of depression and anxiety. Yeah, I, I mean, I believe that it's been a it's been a hell of a past 15, 16 months, uh, especially for them. And it's that's what I hear most as well is from parents who will DM me that listen to the podcast that say it's taking a, a toll and has an effect on their child and they're worried about their child because of it. I mean, I even see little things in my own children and I consider myself lucky because my kids aren't school age yet. So they don't have that idea of what it is supposed to be like, you know, for them. And then it's taken away from them. But my two year old, for example, she doesn't even I mean, she doesn't get out to see many people. We thankfully have like a a bubble that we have stuck with that includes her cousins and she gets to see them occasionally. And that's great. But it's to the point where we're out of the house finally and doing things and she asks to go home. I think because to her, like she's been home so much that that's so much comfort to her. So, I I mean, that's one small example of what I've seen. And like I mentioned, I've had DMs from parents who are very worried about their children who have been at home, isolated, not seeing their friends. And perhaps they've already had issues previous to this um, and sometimes not even. So it's it's been hard for for a lot of people and a lot of people have also been calling this the next pandemic is dealing with our mental health crisis. A lot of people believe we'll be in a crisis. Well, just yesterday, the government had to crank out millions upon millions of dollars to deal with the emerging crisis of opioid overdoses and addiction problems that have come out of this. And they can't possibly be surprised. I know that they listened to one set of doctors when it came to what they could do to stop COVID, but it's like they ignored a whole other set of doctors that were warning about exactly this. People were depressed. They were having mental health issues. And in a lot of cases that triggered them. And now they have some dependence issues. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how we deal with that one. I mean, that is a very, very serious thing that we're going to have to deal with. It has a ripple effect across the whole society. Mm -hmm. So hopefully... They've got a plan for that. 
Hopefully they've got a plan to deal with the massive backlog of surgical procedures and so on and so forth. And I mean, that all comes after we open up. We haven't even opened up yet. We're not even in step three yet. So uh, for the people that are working at Queens Park, I mean, fuck, guys, you got to get moving here. Not having the plan for step three done yet. Are you serious? What have you been doing for the last 15 months? And I know, I know we've been working on the vaccine rollout. Well, in a lot of cases that got done. Uh, yes, certainly by provincial people, but also at the local level. There was a lot of hands on deck for that one. So you can't blame it all on that. Yeah, it goes back to, by the way, the concept of you need to give us something to look forward to. And how yeah. many times have we said that? And that goes mm-hmm. for everybody and every step. You need to give us something to look forward to. So tell us what step four might look like now even. Give us that glimmer of hope so that we're not feeling absolutely beaten down. Let's switch gears here and talk a little bit about weddings. This is actually a really good and comprehensive survey. They asked a whole bunch of people who have recently been married or are about to get married about some of the more traditional things that happen around weddings and which ones we should ditch and which ones we should keep. I've got a top 10 here. Off the top of your head, is there anything that's traditional wedding that you think is just fucking done? Oh, anything that you think we've just it happens at every wedding and it's stupid. We got to get rid of it. I, 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 I'm not a big fan of like the table games. You know, I I don't I I don't know if that counts as a traditional type thing, but I I see it at every wedding. I I just want to mingle, like just let people be, let people talk to who they want to talk to, go to tables. We don't need to be in a circle, hold hands or do the Congo through the hall. I don't want to do any of that shit. So for me, that seems to be have become a tradition over the years. It's not necessarily old school tradition, but there are things about weddings I can't stand. I'm all for you do you when it comes to your actual wedding your walk down the aisle your vows however you want to do it that's that's fine I actually don't care like it's your wedding but there are certain things where when it comes to me having to participate in it oh man it's not my fucking wedding why do I have to do the congo through the exactly I don't like let me sit down and drink and eat please boy oh boy when they do those table games somebody pick up a napkin and somebody pick up some fucking keys I'm out of there. I run for the bar as fast as I possibly can. And if they're one of those sneaky couples that says, make sure you close the bar during the table game, uh, uh-uh, then I'll go outside. I'll either smoke a cigarette or, or a joint or a cigar or whatever I can get my fucking hands on. Some excuse to get out of that hall because I want nothing to do with it. But here's the list of things we want to get rid of at weddings. The number one tradition that people say needs to stop is the bride's family paying for it. (laughs) Why? I like that part. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you do. Look, that is so old school to me. And it's amazing how many people just automatically assume it, I think. Like, oh, they'll they'll take care of it. First of all, my hot take, the parents shouldn't have to put up any fucking money for it if they don't want to. If you're getting married, you, you, you pay for it. You fucking pay for it. You're an adult. Pay for your own fucking wedding. That way you can have it as big, as small, invite who you want, when you want, whenever you want. There's not a lot of people that will agree with that, though, because if it's mom and daddy's money, even though they have to invite people they don't want to invite, even though it means that they have to do this traditional thing and that thing they really don't want to do, they're paying for it, though, so fuck that. I don't want to pay for it. So for me, I don't even think the parents should be involved at all. They should be able to attend that wedding for that kid that they raised and got to the point that they're at and enjoy themselves and not have to fork over money unless they really actually want to as a gift, then that's lovely. 
But there shouldn't be any pressure. Like, there's always so much pressure, I think, especially on the bride's family. I don't know what guy gets down on one knee and proposes with the full expectation that her family will pay for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're marrying the daughter of Bill and Melinda Gates, I don't know how you can expect that somebody else is going to pay for your big, massive forty to $60,000 shindig. But also on the list, not seeing each other until the ceremony. One in three feel that's dumb now, and they should just ditch that tradition. Can I tell you, though, I actually kind of like that tradition. I think there is something nice about, hey, you have your morning and do your thing. I'll have my morning and do my thing. And usually the things that you do on your wedding morning are very, very different. The bride's got makeup to do and there's photos and hair's got to get done. Dresses have got to get put on and all that shit. The guy's typically watching Sports Center until about 20 minutes before it's time to go to the church. Very, very different mornings. Yeah, very different. The bride should wear white. One in four think that is now an outdated tradition. Hmm. Well, be, I think mostly people believe that because of what it was supposed to represent, and that is uh, vir- virginity, basically. Purity. Right? Being pure. Exactly. So although I think it still looks lovely, I think a white dress looks beautiful if you want to wear it. But I'm also, I would never, I would never judge if someone wanted to wear a hot pink dress or a black dress or a suit. Never mind a dress. If you want to wear a suit, like, who gives a shit at the end of the day? It would wear what makes you feel good. One in four think that is an outdated tradition. The bride wearing white. Yeah. Exchanging rings. Only 5% say it's time to get rid of the ring exchange at the wedding. Okay. The bride's father giving her away, only 14% say cut it. That means the vast majority say that that's a tradition that they would like to see continue on. Mm-hmm. The bride and groom's first dance, 6% of people say get rid of it. Huh. That's a small number. You know what? I don't mind the first, the first dance is lovely. I mean, it is all about the couple. And I want to see more of the couple and less of the random family members giving speeches and all that other shit I hate. I can't stand. But I, I, I'm there for the couple. So I don't mind the first dance. Can I just say, too, I've been to a few that I like where they get the first dance done right away. So you don't have to wait until the dinner and the thing, and then the first dance. And sometimes you're like, okay, I'm tired. I got to go. Or I'm, I, I'm not paying full attention because I'm already half in the bag at this point. <laughs> so being able to see them come through, come in the room, do their dance. People can take photos and then they can relax for a little bit. I'd, I'd much prefer that. One in 10 would like to get rid of the bouquet toss. Okay. I don't know what the problem with it is. It doesn't take long. You know it's very non-invasive. You don't have to participate if you don't want to. I uh, I didn't I didn't do it for mine mainly because I got married in Vegas, man. Like it, it was a in the best way possible. It was a shit show. I wasn't throwing a bouquet. I was in Vegas, baby. She but. did off the top of the MGM Grand. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go back to this day. But I actually like watching it. Like I like watching it go down. I like watching the people that pretend like they don't give a shit going up there and okay fine oh fine i know i'm saying i know i'm not married i'll go i'll go and then they act like they don't want it and you keep your eyes on those ones and then when it comes time when that bouquet's flying in the air you watch their eyes like a fucking hawk they're looking Mm -hmm. at that thing like it's my bitch like they might as well just completely change their voice i love watching it i've seen people slip and fall i've seen people knocking each other over it's great entertainment and i say keep it the garter toss even though one in 10 want to get rid of the bouquet, 26% say they want to get rid of the garter tradition. You know what I don't like about the garter portion is the implications of oral sex. 
Yeah, like when when they go up the yeah when the guy goes up the dress to retrieve it, and it doesn't happen every time, but usually, huh? It's fun. Watch the guard has to come up, and the, the the groom sorry has to come up and grab it by his teeth and all that other shit. And oh, it's funny. Uh, you know, just think about how the I don't know. I always think about like, aren't your siblings weirded out or your your grandma that's watching this right now? It's kind of fucking weird. It is a little weird. I don't know how we came up with that one, but one in four want to see the garter toss gone. And then the guy who gets it ends up like wearing it on his head because he's drunk as fuck and he thinks it's hilarious. Like, oh, look, I'm wearing a garter. And the chick is thinking in the back of her mind, like she's smiling and laughing, but going, I was like sweating under this dress wearing that fucking thing. And now you're wearing it on your head, you fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing rice or bird seed when they leave the place where they got married. Eh, I don't want that. Yeah, me either. 31% say that should stop. And finally, a full 50% would like to end the tradition of these are old school, by the way. It doesn't happen at every ceremony, but there are still some old school ceremonies where the wife or the bride promises to cherish and obey her husband. Ah, oh, ick. Who thinks that's okay? It's 2021. You know, I, I'm trying to think. That would definitely make my ears perk up if I ever heard that. And I, uh, thankfully, I don't believe I've ever been to a wedding where they've said that, at least not in present time. Maybe when I was a kid and I had to go to a wedding, I heard it. But I don't remember ever hearing that. If I did, I might, I might like, gasp out loud and be that person like, what did you just say to him? <laughs> yeah, it's such a... An old school, outdated thing. But in hindsight, I mean, most wedding traditions are. Maybe a modernization isn't the worst idea. But like Kat said, everybody, if you're planning a wedding, your wedding going forward should have a lot more options than your weddings if you've done it in the past year. Think outside the box and do what makes you happy. I got to tell you, some of the best weddings I've ever been to were the ones that didn't have all that pomp and circumstance of a traditional banquet hall reception. The last wedding I was at was Dave's, and Dave's wedding was great. It was an outdoor wedding, mm-hmm. and then a reception, get to know each other, have a couple of drinks in the backyard ceremony. I thought that was fantastic. There was no crazy first dances. There was no centerpiece games, bouquet tosses, or any of that shit. It was just fun. I had a great time. Um, let's talk quickly here about a couple of stories that you had on our FM radio show today. Joe Exotic is looking for love. The Tiger King. The Tiger King. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know you guys are like, what? What? Looking for love. Joe Exotic. Sign me up. Um, and you actually can't apply to date him, basically. He <laughs> he has launched this contest that's called Bachelor King. So here's yeah. the gist of it. Men over 18 can apply online. Three winners are chosen. To each receive a romantic getaway with Joe. And I know your cat, isn't he? Isn't he in prison, cat, though? Yes, he is. Um, he's been held through the last few years, says this, and his attorney is pretty certain and feels positive he'll be released by the end of this year. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We'll see. So he's wasting no time in finding his next husband. And in case you're wondering, because you might be asking, isn't he married already? Yes, he is. Um, they might not continue on. Uh, apparently, obviously not if he's launching this contest. But at last check, the guy that was married to him, who you saw in the docuseries, said, after all that's happened, I believe that we're over. He basically stopped visiting him in prison and shit like that. So they're done. Applications are being accepted because I know you're asking, well, how do I apply for this dream? 
Um, now through September 25th is when you can apply and winners are announced October 6th and they're hopeful that late fall or by December at least he'll be out and you guys can be on your way and your special date that'll be filmed for television. That sounds like the worst thing in the world. I know. I know. Well, the guy, the dude's got to make, try to make money somehow. Like he's not, you don't need money in jail. (laughs) No, when he's out, what the fuck is he going to do? Oh, I didn't think he was going to be out for a while. Is that coming up at all? Or? Well, his attorney's positive enough that he'll be released by the end of the year. But who knows if this is just like wishful thinking. I, I mean, I don't know his actual odds, Scott. I really don't. But uh, murder for hire plot, basically. He could be out soon. It's interesting. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I don't think that I'd watch that one. I don't think I'd watch that one. I think I'd take a hard pass. Yeah, me too. Uh, how you feeling today, Montreal Canadiens fans? Are you proud that you made it as far as you did? Are you sad that they didn't win? What is the the mindset of Habs fans right now? What do you think? You know, I've seen, okay, this is based on the posts that I've seen from my friends, basically online, who are Habs fans. Um, most of them just seem to be like, okay with it. Just in the, in the manner of we went this far for this Canadian team. Uh, Tampa Bay was good. They beat us. For the most part, I'm just seeing like some joking around disappointment. I don't see a lot of pissed off people, but maybe they're holding back. I'm not sure. See, I think that's the difference between Montreal and Toronto at this stage. Had Toronto made it to the point that the Habs made it, if the Leafs lost in five games against Tampa Bay, Leafs fans would have been just like they were when they got eliminated in the first round. Burning jerseys, freaking out. Oh, what the fuck? This was supposed to be our year. I think generally Habs fans are just happy that they did make it as far as they did, going all the way to the cup final, taking at least one win in the series. They're good. They're going to have a party. In fact, they did last night in Montreal again. That's awesome. I feel like it would have been the complete opposite in Toronto. It would have been anger. It would have been outrage. It would have been trade Marner and all that shit that happens every single time the Leafs go anywhere. I honestly think Leafs fans wouldn't have handled it as well as Montreal fans are. Uh, One more thing I want to mention here, just because it came up on our show today, and you had a great point about it. It's a TikTok trend that has to do with pasta. Pasta, you know, like spaghetti, Mm -hmm, linguine. Sure, yeah. People have figured out that if you use an air fryer, you can create what they call pasta chips. So basically what you do is you take, uh, they say use a, a heartier, thicker pasta, like a, a bow tie pasta, penne, that sort of thing, rigatoni. Right, yeah. You boil it off like you typically would. It's cooked. Then you season it with salt, pepper, and olive oil. And then you can add any other seasoning you want to it. You stick it in the air fryer on 400 for about 10 minutes and it comes out like potato chips. Oh. Uh, extra. People say it's fantastic. Okay. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do say it's fantastic. Because everything that comes out of an air fryer is the best. <laughs> you know, this is what I was joking about this morning. And it is no joke because I, I'm not against air fryers, okay? So I, so many people were like, cat, no, but seriously, you don't have an air fryer? And that's the truth. I don't own, at this present time, an air fryer. And every time you bring up to someone who has an air fryer that you don't have an air fryer, they're in shock. That Mm -hmm. you don't have an air fryer. What? You don't have an air fryer? What's wrong with you? They're the best. And then they go into the big sales pitch like you would get at the Bay around Christmas time. 
Yeah, it turns into like that scene from Forrest Gump where he's like, you can make popcorn, shrimp, bake shrimp, dip, shrimp, shrimp, dip, <laughs> salad, shrimp, <laughs> sour, shrimp, shake and bake, shrimp. They'll tell you all the fucking things you can make with the air fryer, how easy it is to use, um, the best wings you've ever had. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with it. Um, but it's amazing, though, if you're on team air fryer, how quickly you it's like you sell the shit. Like, sometimes it's like they're selling the shit, too. Like, it's like crack. Like, you know, air fryer, you want me to get it? I know a deal. I got a deal at the air fryer. Just use your app and, and then use this code, and you get an air fryer, 25% off your air fryer. You got to put everything in the air fryer. Put everything in the air fryer. Put pickles in the air fryer. Put olives in the air fryer. You can put a sandwich in the air fryer. Like, okay. Right. I get it. The air fryer mafia is incredible. <laughs> they will chastise you if you don't have an air fryer. Yeah. Really I, and don't. you know what? I'm going to say it now. I don't have one. You don't have one either? I know. What, what a fucking asshole am I, right? I what an asshole am I? Oh, boy. All right, everybody. Uh, we will keep this one brief. We've got a roll. Uh, it is my birthday, and I don't know what the day has in store, but we will see how it goes. <laughs> have yourselves a good one. We will catch you right back here tomorrow. Is Dave coming in tomorrow? Because I, I know he was on the show today. Yeah, I believe he's still planning to come in for the uh, the Friday show. Oh, real quick on that note, because we talked about uh, the piss rock with Dave. Oh, yeah. A few couple weeks ago. So I posted a photo. I was at the pool this week. My brother's pool, by the way, not not my pool. My brother lives about five minutes down the road. So it's great. I get to use this pool all the time. So I was just snapping a photo like, oh, look, here I am at the pool. Thank God, because it was super hot. Do you know how many responses from podcast listeners I got asking where the piss rock is? Why would you take a picture and not include the piss rock? So next time I will show you guys a full tour of where the piss rock is because it actually wasn't in the picture. And thank you for the DMs. I knew the podcast listeners from anyone else based on that from my Instagram. So, hey, we love you guys. Uh, Make sure you uh, say a special happy birthday to Scott. You can do that on Instagram if you want at Scott Fox on air. I'm I'm at (laughs) Cat on air, Cat with a K. I didn't say Facebook message, but I could have. I could have. Don't. Okay. Bye, guys. Happy birthday, Scott. Have a great day. Thank you. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.